Chapter Fifteen of Aunt Jane's Nieces and Uncle John by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Fifteen: The Romance of Dunnell. It did not take them very long to reach the river, a muddy little stream set below high banks. By Dannel's direction, they turned to the left and followed the wind of the river for a mile or so until suddenly, out of the darkness, loomed a quaint little bungalow which the old german claimed to be his home i have architectured it myself and make it built as i like it you will come in and stop the night mit me he said as wampus halted the machine before the door there was a little murmur of protest at this for the house appeared to be scarcely bigger than the automobile but uncle john pointed out sensibly enough that they ought not to undertake an unknown road at night-time and that spotville the town for which they were headed was still a long way off the major moreover had a vivid recollection of his last night's bed upon the roof of the limousine where he had crept to escape the rattlesnakes and was in no mood to again camp out in the open while they travelled in arizona so he advocated accepting dan'l's invitation the girls curious to know how so many would be accommodated in the bungalow withdrew all further objections and stood upon the low pergola roofed porch while their host went inside to light the lamps they were really surprised at the cosy aspect of the place. Half the one-story dwelling was devoted to a living room, furnished simply, but with modest taste. A big square table was littered with music, much being in manuscript, thus proving Dannel's assertion that he was a composer. Benches were as numerous as chairs, and all were well cushioned with tanned skins as coverings. A few good prints were on the walls, and the aspect of the place was entirely agreeable to the old man's guests. As the room was somewhat chilly, he made a fire in the ample fireplace, and when with an air of pride exhibited to his visitors his tiny kitchen, his own bedroom and a storeroom, which occupied the remainder of the space in the bungalow, he told them he would prepare beds in the living room for the girls, give his own room to Mr. Merrick and Major Doyle, while he and Wampus would bunk in the storeroom. I have much blankets, he said. There will be no troubles to keep warm. Afterward they sat before the fire, and by the dim lights of the kerosene lamps chatted together of the day's adventures. Uncle John asked Dan'l what had brought him to this deserted, out-of-the-way spot, and the old man told his story in a manner that amused them all greatly. I have been, said he, much famous in my time, and had an individualness pointed out wherever I went. I was orchestra leader, at the theatre royal in stuttgart and our king have complimented me many times but i was foolish i was foolish enough to think that when a man is great he can stay great i married me to a clever prima donna and composed a great opera which was finer as anything herr wagner has ever done eh but there was jealousness at work to opposition me one day when my fine opera was all complete i went to the theatre to lead mine orchestra to my surprisement the herr director tells me i can retire on a pension i am too old and he has hired a younger man who is herr gabbert i go home bewildered and mishappy to find that herr gabbert has stole the score of mine opera and run away mit mein wife what i can do nothing herr gabbert he lead my orchestra tint all der people applauds him i am forgot one day I see our king compliment Herr Gabbert. He produces my opera and say he compositioned it. Everybody is crazy about it. 
and crown her gabbard mid flowers my wife sings in the opera the people cheer her and she rides away mid her gabbard in his carriage to a grand supper mid their nobility and their herr director i go home and say who am i i answer nobody am i now great no i am a speck what can i do well i go away i have some money a little i come to america i do not like crowds any more i like to be alone mit my violin i find this place i build this house i live here and make happiness my only neighbors are the remittance men who is more mischiefing as wicked they will not bother me much so after a time i die here why not i am forgot in stuttgart there was pathos in the tale and his way of telling it the old man spoke cheerfully but they could see before them the tragedy depicted by his simple words his hearers were all silent when he had concluded feeling they could say nothing to console him or lighten his burden only wampus sitting in the background looked scornfully upon the man who had once been the idol of his townspeople dan'l took a violin from the shelf and began to play softly but with masterly execution he caught their mood instantly the harmony was restful and contented patsy turned down the lamps to let the flicker of the firelight dominate the room and dan'l understood and blended the flickering light into his melody for a long time he continued to improvise in a way that fairly captivated his hearers despite their varied temperaments and made them wonder at his skill then without warning he changed to a stirring martial air that filled the room with its rich resonant tones there was a fugue a wonderful finale and while the concluding notes rang in their ears the old man laid his violin in his lap leaned back against the cushions and heaved a deep sigh they forbore disturbing him for a while how strange it seemed that this really talented musician should be banished to a wilderness while still possessing power to stir the souls of men with his marvellous execution truly he was a maestro as he had said a genius whose star had risen flashed across the sky and suddenly faded leaving his future a blank wampus moved uneasily in his chair i like to know something he remarked dan'l roused himself and turned to look at the speaker you have one bad eye continued wampus reflectively what make him so you stick violin bow in eye some day no grunted dan'l bad eye he no make himself persisted the little chauffeur what make it then for a moment there was an awkward silence the girls considered this personal inquiry offensive and regretted admitting wampus to the room but after a time the old german answered the question quietly and in a half amused tone can you not guess he says herr gabbert hurt mein eye oh exclaimed wampus nodding approvingly you fight duel with him of course it must be i have one good eye left however continued dan'l it will do me very well there is not much to see out here i know said wampus but herr gabbert what happened to him again there was a pause then the german said slowly i am not rich but every year i send a little money to stuttgart to put some flowers on herr gabbert's grave the chauffeur's face brightened he got up from his chair and solemnly shook dan'l's hand you are a great musician he announced you can believe it for it is true and you have shaked the hand of great chauffeur i am wampus dan'l did not answer he had covered his good eye with his hand End of chapter 15